Mm-hmm. So Jesus, part of what he bought on the cross was a flourishing life for us. The life he created for us in the first place that we rejected, we ran away and sinned. Mm-hmm. So Jesus comes to buy that life back for us. Welcome to the Faithful Flourishing Podcast, where we'll discuss growing in our walk with Jesus through everyday faithfulness. We believe that true flourishing is possible in all seasons because God himself is our source of life. As we enjoy him and follow him, we will reflect his light in a dark and desperate world. Here we go. Hi, babe. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing pretty good. And hello, all of my faithful flourishers out there. Thanks for tuning in. Okay. You know, I'm surprised. It's not as bad as I thought that you would come up with a little name. Faithful flourishers? That could be a lot worse. Maybe little flurries? Oh, we're done. Not that. Definitely not. Not that. Okay. Little flurries. (laughs) Little flurries. Oh, boy. Like short for flourishing. Yeah, oh, I got it. Okay. Oh, I got it. Well, whatever we're calling you, we're happy you're here and listening. Thanks for joining us for episode two. Yes. Also, side note, um, our neighbors are doing fireworks right now and they're really loud. So and we don't have control over that. We had already started recording and then all of a sudden I thought there's a drive-by shooting happening, but it turns out it's just fireworks. So if you hear a loud boom or a loud bang. It was, it was very loud. It was so loud. It's not even 4th of July. No, it's Labor Day. Who does fireworks on Labor Day? Apparently, um, it's the people weird, of Deltona. It's a weird thing. But we are here not to talk about fireworks. We're here to talk about biblical flourishing. Our yes. first category that we introduced, highlighted in episode one. But before we dive into that, we have an icebreaker question. Babe, what do you got? It's your we, turn. We, I have an icebreaker question. What you got? My icebreaker question. Wait, only you have to answer this, right? Not me. We'll see. Hmm. My icebreaker question is, if you were to give a TED Talk, what would your TED Talk be on about? I love this question. Oh. But I don't. Let's see. I mean, we're doing a podcast. Would we just talk about, or it's just me? Yeah, it's, it's me just you. TED Talk. Hmm. Yeah, what's TED your soapbox has to be really interesting mm. do you let me ask you this do you think that you could give a ted talk do people even do ted talks anymore i feel like that that's not like a very so. popular thing yeah no okay i could totally do a ted talk and i would probably <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> i would probably preach a sermon go i could do that but I would probably flash back to my philosophy days of my undergrad. Oh, that's incredibly boring. I would not listen to that TED Talk. It wouldn't be boring. I would talk about the theories of time. Oh, yeah. I definitely would not listen to that. A that would theory stress me out. Versus B theory. There's yeah. any philosophy nerds out there, you know what I'm talking about? An incredibly interesting topic. I will say, I think that a lot of people would be very interested in that. If you have my yeah. personality, that stresses me out. 
like when we got married and he started babbling off about this stuff, uh, <laughs> yeah, my head started spinning. I won't dive into what those theories are, but there's a lot there. Okay. If you're interested, just Google it. A theory versus B theory of time. There's a fly that keeps flying around my head right now. Mm. And it's really annoying. There's a fireworks and a, fire, a fly. A fireworks. Flyerworks. Okay, so your TED Talk would be on the philosophy of time. Kind of, yeah. Okay. What would yours be on? You do have to answer, actually. I decided. I mean, hmm. I mean, my soapbox is slow and simple living. Mm. So I won't get into it, but that's what mine would be on. Slow and simple. That's what you. That was the same answer you had for last week's. Was it? What was last yeah. week's question? I already forgot. The something that doesn't have hype, but you think it should. Oh yeah, I'm just very passionate about it. We live in a very, um, what's the word? Fast paced. Uh, immediacy. Immediacy. Yeah, we live in the age of immediacy. We need. We need everything now. Mm-hmm. Quickly. Okay. Those are, those are two. Um, you know what? Those both of our TED talks have time in common. Look at that. Mm-hmm. We're a match made in heaven. Yeah. Oh my gosh, we're so cute. <laughs> <laughs> so, biblical flourishing, the first of our five categories we're going to dive into, because, like we said last time, as we talk about human flourishing, we need to let God define what that is instead of us just going based off how we're feeling that day or what we want it to be. Yeah. What we want it to be, whatever culture or society says at the moment or. Mm -hmm. I think too, sometimes when you're in a more difficult spiritual season, when you're in that Valley and maybe you're, maybe it's a season where you're fighting sin or maybe it's just a season where you're feeling spiritually dry and, um, honestly wondering if God hears you or cares. I think that you can, I think the enemy can tempt us into wanting to define on our own what biblical flourishing is almost to make whatever we're dealing with not seem so bad. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's like that mentality that says, if only I had blank, then I'd then be it would be enough. Yeah. If only I had this or if only this happened and we like to fill in that blank with a lot of things that aren't actually going to make us fulfilled and happy they might but very short term right and not fulfilled that's for sure it's never god plus Mm. it can never be god plus blank it is just god that's flourishing mic drop we're done (laughs) i'm just kidding we just jumped straight to it man i'm just jump into the definition of biblical flourishing. Can you give us a definition, like a basic, simple, what does biblical flourishing look like? Mm. Yeah. So we threw together this definition. I would say that human flourishing, according to the Bible, is any time we are in right relationship with God, submitted to his rule, 
and spreading his love. Mm-hmm. So there's kind of three factors. We're in right relationship with him. We are submitted to, meaning obeying his laws, submitted to his rule. And then third, spreading his love, which involves other people. It's not just isolated to us. We're spreading it to other people. So I think when those three things are in place, even in those low valleys, those difficult, tough seasons of life, if you're right with God, if you're following, obeying him, and spreading his love, that is flourishing. Mm -hmm. And I want to add to that too, that you can... um, you can be in, again, I don't know why I keep going back to this, but you can be in a really difficult, challenging, dark season. Maybe you're going through depression. Maybe you're just in a chaotic season of um, having tiny children. Maybe you're caring for an elderly family member. Whatever it is that seems really difficult and hard. Um, what Everything you just listed, basically walking in obedience with the Lord, following him, and also being in that challenging season, they can coexist. Yeah. Like you can, because because in those really hard seasons, I mean, we've been through honestly a handful of really hard seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I just completely lost my train of thought, which is really annoying. It will come back to me. It will come back to me. Oh, yeah, it came back to me. Um, <laughs> they can feel completely hopeless sometimes or they can feel just never ending or this is never going to end i'm always going to be here but you can still obey the lord and follow him and spread his love even in those seasons in all seasons in hard seasons in in seemingly flourishing seasons but they all i think would lead to biblical flourishing absolutely All right, next question that I have for you to answer is how can we trace that theme of the theme of human flourishing through the whole Bible? Great question. Thanks. I came up with that on my own. (laughs) Just kidding. Yeah. So we, for this, just as we introduce biblical flourishing and the episodes that will be themed this way, we figured we would walk through the story of the Bible and see how human flourishing actually plays a key role from page one all the way to the very last chapter. Mm-hmm. Uh, not because the story is about humans, but because God, from the very start, as he's creating us, he sets us up to thrive. He doesn't... So we'll start Genesis 1 and 2. God creates the heavens and the earth, creates everything in seven days. On the sixth day, he makes humanity. Adam and Eve. He gives them a job to to work and to keep the ground. He creates them in his image. And if you compare that creation story to the other ones from the ancient Near East, like the Babylonians, the, I don't know, the Amalekites, whoever, whoever you want to look at, their stories often involved humans were either some sort of an accident or they were created to be slaves of the gods. Mm-hmm. The gods did not create them with, the gods created them out of selfish motives. They had no goodwill towards the humans in creating them. They made them simply to do their work for them. But then you look at the biblical story and God creates them, yes, to work and to keep, but also to enjoy the incredible, beautiful world and specifically the garden 
that he placed them in. So from page one, human flourishing, God walks with them in the garden. They have a relationship with him. They're submitted, like going back to our definition, they are in right relationship with God. They're submitted to his rule and they're enjoying and spreading his love to one another in that first marriage. And that's, that's where it starts. That is the ideal. When we think of ideal humanity and thriving, we look to that garden of Eden Mm -hmm. to Adam and Eve. Then we know what happens. Chapter three of Genesis. Sin enters the world. Sin comes in. So they, they, they break that right relationship with God. They stop trusting him. They say, you know what? God has told us to do this, but I think, you know, the serpent comes in and lies. He lies to Eve. She believes him and thinks that God is holding out on them somehow, that he lied, that he is trying to keep them from something that will actually be better for them. So Eve, Adam and Eve decide they'll define good and evil on their own terms. So they decide to disobey God. They eat of that tree. So they break that relationship. They don't submit to his rule and they stop sharing and spreading his love. Like everything is fractured in that moment. So when sin enters the world, uh, human flourishing, if it's like on a graph, it, it crashes down. Yeah. I was going to ask how does sin affect flourishing? Yeah. So in the immediate uh, repercussions to what Adam and Eve did, they're, they're exiled out of the garden. So they leave that place of perfect peace and flourishing. They're exiled out of there. Now their days are numbered. Like they will die. Death enters the world, with which obviously death is like anti-flourishing. Um, death enters in. They're away from God. There's a break. There's like a rift in the in the relationship there. And now humans just kind of look out for themselves first. It's like, I got to take care of me, which does not lead to anything good mm-hmm. or great. So it's it's a downhill slope from there. And to continue in the throughout the Bible, we see in in multiple places Romans 1 is probably the most popular. You can also look at Psalm 7 and other places how when humanity rejects God and his design and his plan for how we should live because God God creates the commands he gives are not arbitrary. They're not random. They're put in place for our flourishing. That's the craziest part. Yeah. God's law is good. Yeah. And it will lead to our good. Right. So when we decide to reject that, it leads us down a path towards violence, selfishness, greed, jealousy, all all kinds of brokenness, just anti-flourishing and destruction. And so the Bible describes how God responds to that. God hates sin. He hates injustice. He hates when humanity forgets him and forgets one another. When we treat each other like trash, like God hates that because if if you're created in God's image and he values you and I treat you like you are garbage, that's going to offend God. Right. And throughout the whole Old Testament, it's very clear that God hates injustice. He hates when the powerful and the rich take advantage of, of the lower and the needy, the widow and the orphan. So when humans start acting this way, they bring violence, they bring destruction. The Bible describes it like God, his response and his wrath towards that, it is active and it's passive. 
at the same time. It's passive in the sense that if you look at Psalm 7 and Romans 1, it talks about how God gives people over to what they're already doing. Mm -hmm. It's like God is giving people what they want. And all that's going to do is lead to more and more of that destruction and harmful behavior. And so it's it's passive in that God is kind of just letting go, but it's also active because God is he God knows the end of that road and he is his justice is at the end of that road. Like the final judgment day. The Bible is very clear that we'll have to give an account for everything we do. Um right or wrong. So that's I mean the end yeah, how sin affects human flourishing is it it just runs it into the ground and, mm-hmm. and destroys it because we destroy ourselves. Right. We believe lies. We spread lies. We spread selfishness and hate. And that is clearly not what is best for humanity. But on the flip side of that, on a more hopeful note, <laughs> what uh, what is the hope then? Like what does God offer? Yeah. So hallelujah, God does not, leave us there. Uh, he very well could and, and still remain just. But even in Genesis 3, right after the first humans God made, they reject him, they go against him. As he is telling them the consequences for what they've done, right after, in a sense, they've, like, they've just broken God's heart. Right after that, mm-hmm. as God is telling them the consequences, he gives them hope. Mm-hmm. He says to the woman, from your seed will come someone who will crush this serpent. The serpent will bruise his heel, but this seed, this offspring will crush his head. So right there instantly, they have something to look forward to. They have some sort of hope. So then, just to skip right to the climax, we have Jesus himself. The Son of God comes onto the scene. So Jesus, fully God, fully man. And man, he, talking about our definition, he was in right relationship with God, Father and Son. He is God. He totally submitted to God's rule in every way, even to the point of death. And he spread God's love. Like that was his whole life. That was his whole ministry. Yeah. So Jesus had the formula to have a perfect, beautiful, amazing, flourishing life. The problem was he was surrounded by people who were rejecting God and sinning, bringing death and destruction. So Jesus, as he's on earth, instead of enjoying that peaceful, amazing, beautiful life, he actually ends up being persecuted, being hated, and obviously, as we know, eventually crucified and killed. So Jesus lives that sinless, spotless, beautiful life, but then receives the the result that we should receive for our life of sin. Mm-hmm. So he receives that death and that violence on our behalf. He takes on all that destruction, dies on the cross, but then he raises from the dead to break to break those chains, to break that cycle, and to mm-hmm. defeat sin and defeat death. Mm-hmm. So now what Jesus does is he offers us his perfect, beautiful life in exchange for our rebellion and sin and terrible choices. So we get that he offers that free exchange out of just complete love for us. Wow. Yeah. What we earned was what he experienced on the cross. Right. But instead he gives us 
life in life abundantly, like it says in John. Mm -hmm. So Jesus, part of what he bought on the cross was a flourishing life for us. The life he created for us in the first place that we rejected, we ran away and sinned. Mm -hmm. So Jesus comes to buy that life back for us. And now when we repent and believe and respond to him, now we have access to that again. Only because of him. Good job. That's good stuff. That's that's not me. That's the the Bible. (laughs) Good job interpreting it. So that's, I mean, it is beautiful. It's it's absolutely incredible mm-hmm. what Jesus did for us and, and still is still doing. He lives in us still through his spirit. But I also want to say Jesus purchased that flourishing life for us on the cross. The thing is, we're not in a Garden of Eden reality right now. Right. We're still in that sinful, broken world. Mm-hmm. And we're feeling it. Yeah. It's it's all over the place. It's all around us. <clears throat> so it's this unique dynamic of people who are in Christ, believers and Christians. We straddle this line. We know we have been bought and forgiven, redeemed, cleansed. We are made new. We're a new creation. Yet we still have sin in our own hearts. There's sin and brokenness all around us. Mm-hmm. So the question is, what does flourishing look like in that zone? Right. It's it's like the already but not yet. Mm-hmm, the in between. A lot. The in between as we wait, because God promises He'll He'll make all things new again. Mm. But right now we're in this waiting period, and so as we wonder, okay, what does that look like for us to flourish in the right now, as we await full redemption, full restoration in the future? We know what Jesus has done for us in the past. What do we do in the in-between? And what's incredible is the example, the best example we look to is still Jesus. Yeah. Like he's not only our savior, he's also our example. Mm. Because he he is the absolute perfect representation of what it looks like to live in this sinful, broken world, yet at the same time flourishing in the greatest way possible. Because like you said earlier, there's no God plus. Right. Jesus had God 100%. I mean, he was God. And he enjoyed that perfect relationship within the, the Trinity. So he didn't need to be rich. He didn't need to be comfortable physically all the time. Like we know he was basically a homeless guy during his ministry. And he suffered and he, I mean, he not just suffered physically. He, sh- he suffered emotionally like all his friends abandoned him when he was arrested he i mean he went through it but because of how he lived how he had right relationship with god submitted to god's rule and spread god's love he was flourishing and that's i think that's another key part is that third piece of spreading his love i mean talk about jesus's ministry all he was doing was spreading human flourishing yeah not just spiritually but physically. Right. I mean, he was healing people, healing the blind, the lame, the sick, mm-hmm. casting out demons. Like he was bringing the kingdom of heaven down to the kingdom of mm-hmm. earth. 
to spread thriving human life. That was a huge part of what he's doing. So now as we look to Jesus's example, we look forward to that day with hope. We, we hold on to those promises of God. But in the meantime, we stay faithfully obedient and we spread God's love and his kindness to other people. Awesome. Well said. I feel like I just got preached out a little bit. I'm sorry. No, in a good way. <laughs> we'll cover the last. Let's cover the last. Just to, to culminate the biblical story arc, right? So after Jesus, and I've already mentioned it. This but, is also Matthew nerding out right now. Yeah, this is this is yeah, Bible nerd Matt over here. <laughs> um so to bring the story full circle, so we start in Genesis 1, the Garden of Eden, and then we end in Revelation 21 and 22. And it describes like this garden city. It's like this amazing beautiful city and the the tree of life is there, there's a river flowing right through the middle of it, and it is God restoring everything to what he intended it to be, to where we, it Mm. says, behold, the dwelling place of God is with humanity. Mm -hmm. He says, I will be with you. I want to be with you. I rescued you and bought you back so that you can enjoy me. You can glorify my name and you can enjoy this, these new heavens and new earth that I've totally redeemed. So God brings it like the story of the Bible. It it really does come full circle. Mm. But I heard somebody say it this way, and I'm still trying to process all that this means, but this guy said, a redeemed man is better than an innocent man, which is just is mind-blowing. So God... Wait, where did I hear that too recently? Probably me talking about it. Oh. I don't know. He said, a redeemed man is better than an innocent man because a redeemed man has such a deeper understanding of God's unconditional love and kindness. And a redeemed man knows God as both a father and a savior. He knows God as faithful, even when we are not faithful. So the the final city in Revelation 21 and 22, it's full of people who have an even deeper understanding of all of God's glory and attributes a deeper understanding than Adam and Eve had Mm -hmm. in the garden. And so we'll finish with this. This is a, uh, what's the word? An illustration, I guess. And now I'm going to blank on what it's called. Okay. It's called, um, it's called Kintsugi pottery. What? I think I'm saying that right. Kintsugi? Kintsugi. It's actually Japanese. I knew that. I knew that. This is so I did not know that. So it's this like Oh art. yes, you told me about this. Yeah, it's this art form in in Japan where if there's like this pottery piece like a bowl or a vase made of I don't know, ceramic tile something. If that piece falls and shatters and it breaks, instead of just sweeping it up and throwing it away, what they do is they take all the broken pieces, they fit it all back together, and in order to get those pieces to connect again, and all the cracks they put, usually it's gold. They get this like gold 
something or silver or some valuable wow to get the piece of pottery back together but now it's more beautiful and more, more valuable and more valuable I knew you were going to say that than it was before which is i mean talk about a picture of the gospel incredible yeah. and you can look up just google it's i'm going to google it right now k i n t s u g i kintsugi it's really cool really cool stuff so they break all the i mean they fix all the broken pieces with oh, this like that's cool. laying gold in between all the cracks it's incredible it's very aesthetic too so god the way he redeems humanity it just shows how awesome and amazing he is yeah cuz what we what i don't want to i don't want people to hear oh the bible is all about humans and we're the main characters and it's all about whatever. No, it's all about God yeah. and his glory yeah. and how amazing he is. And we so easily forget that, that God is the main character and we are not. But the coolest part is that the way God has designed us to bring him glory is by enjoying him and flourishing. Yeah. Like that's it. That's how kind and good he is. That is kind. It's like Piper. Did I say this in the first episode? I don't remember. I don't even remember what the first episode was about. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> there's so the Westminster Catechism. There's the question: What is the chief end of man? Like, what are we made for? Yeah, you did. I think talk about this in the first episode. Is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. And no, John, I think you preached this in a sermon. I don't know. John Piper, he just offers one tweak to that. He says the chief end of man is to glorify God by enjoying him forever. Mm -hmm. So the way we bring the most glory to God is by enjoying him and enjoying him is a flourishing life. Yeah. So it's all about God and his glory. But the incredible thing is we're not just left off to the side. Like he invites us into, into something yeah. that we actually enjoy him. We live like the gospel of John says, this is eternal life to know God. Like that is the eternal abundant life is to have God. And when we are redeemed, we see, so I think this is in Romans 10, like so that all of God's attributes are, are put on display because we've experienced the depth and the faithfulness and the persistence of his love because of how bad we mess up, because of how sinful we are. Mm -hmm. So in Revelation 21 and 22, we are that final piece of Kintsugi pottery. It's all put back together and it's more beautiful and more valuable than it was before. That's a great illustration. I'm going to laugh so hard if you're saying that word wrong. I probably am, but it's incredible nonetheless. Yeah. And that, my friends, is biblical flourishing. We'll dive deeper into more specific passages. That is our take on biblical flourishing. <laughs> That's our take. Yeah. You can please feel free to disagree. That's okay. Just know you're disagreeing with God. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just kidding. So thank you for listening. That concludes our second episode. And we wanted to let you know, you can connect with us in a couple different ways. And by couple, I literally mean two. <laughs> because we have an Instagram. That's our only social media. We haven't even. Oh, yeah. No. Okay. By the time this is released, we will have posted something. Yeah, I was. I she was about to say we haven't posted anything. Well, which, I got really confused, but anyway, yeah. Yeah. For listening, there will have been. 
Is that English? There will have been things post. I don't know. Instagram is faithful.flourishing.podcast. Yeah. I think is our handle. Yeah, that's what the handle is. I just looked at it. But then the it'll say the Faithful Flourishing Podcast. Like on the page? I think I don't so. know. You'll find it. You are the one that created the Instagram account. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I also created an email. So you can email us. And our email is faithfulflourishingpodcast at gmail.com. Nice. We would love to hear from you. Uh, if you have any like topics that you would recommend us talk about or questions or whatever it is, just say hi. We would love that. And uh, if this has at all been helpful to you, feel free to share with a friend. Let the people know. Yeah. We're here. We're vibing. We're vibing. My little flurries. No. We're all together. <laughs> Not allowed. No. All right. It's done. No more. That's the last time I want to hear faithful flurries. Okay. And now I want a McFlurry from McDonald's. And we'll end with that. Oh, wait. No, you have to share. It's your turn to share a random helpful resource for the people. What was yours last time? Mine was Joshua Leventhal. Oh, yeah, yeah. The singer. So it doesn't have, does it have to be like a Christian thing? Uh, not necessarily. Just a helpful resource. Yeah. Well, I don't, because I had something in mind, okay. but I think I'm changing it. Change it. Come okay. on, bring it. It's on Netflix. Okay. So does that count? Yes. Okay. I just binge watched the heck out of Live to 100. Mm. Oh, I forgot something. Live to 100. Something about the blue zones, right? Yeah, but I want to like give the exact title. I just texted my sister about this last night, so I just have to go back and see. I, um, I didn't watch all of it with you, but there are some really interesting things in there. No, it's so good. It is. It's so good. Sorry. Now I'm... Okay. It's Live to 100 Secrets of the Blue Zones. Secrets of the Blue Zones on Netflix. And we try not to binge in this house. We're not big binge watchers. Um, we, we used to be. We We used to be in that definitely had changed so we really monitor our intake of the television around here but last night my wonderful husband right here was doing millions of loads of laundry oh that is not flourishing because he's spreading the love of jesus to his wife and uh, i watched what like four episodes anyway i ended up finishing it i didn't even realize that i was finishing it but it is so good and yeah, it was, it was really you're cool going to want to move to a blue zone and live your life mm-hmm. there to 100. Yeah. Anyway, that's my, um, that's mine. Look it up, watch it, love it, enjoy it. <laughs> All right, we'll catch you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Adios. Bye.